welcome to Unwritten Imaginings, where lazy authors talk about story ideas that they'll never get around to writing. New episodes every Sunday. Let us know if you use one of our ideas and we'll give your story a shout out in a subsequent episode. Complete our member survey and earn another two entries into our grand prize draw. We have a member survey? I don't remember ever making one. Uh, did you make one? No. No. Okay. Okay. There's no draw I mean, either. So, if, you know. I wasn't going to say that, you know. If we don't have any way to earn uh, entries into it, then I suppose it isn't even really a thing that matters, you know? Exactly. So. Exactly, exactly. Ongoing sales tactics for no reason. Um, we are selling you nothing because we are monsters, right? Is that what we're going with? Monsters? That seems a bit harsh. <laughs> it kind of depends on your definition of monster, you know? Some people define monsters as like just like a series of like non-human traits, which I suppose uh, we've, we've got enough of. I guess not trying to sell people things is weird. But I wouldn't go so far as to call it inhuman. <laughs> well, I mean, monsters usually refers to more inherent traits than, uh... Okay. But let's just, let's move on. Sure. <laughs> Hi, I'm Atheo, author of Rune and Metagame on, uh, Railroad and Scribble Hub and, uh, maybe another site eventually. I don't know. You know, we're, we're constantly working on things. Also, recently, uh, you know out some work on uh, webs the rune side novel that is actually getting posted in the middle of rune because that's what people asked for cool hi my name is eunice i'm the author of fantasia and eternosaurs and you know primarily on railroad though you can read it on scribble hub and um fiction press if you really really want to but i don't i don't recommend it not not a great site in terms of features <laughs> it is kind of a plain text site yeah like all of my i can't even use like my pointy brackets because then they're like oh do you are you meaning code and i'm like no no don't <laughs> there are escape codes to deal with that if you really needed to but uh no nah, not i'm not into reformatting things for the three readers that I have on that website. Well, you could have, you know, just like a like an automatic algorithm that you run over the entire thing. That would work. You know, you know I'm really bad at computer things. Okay, I wouldn't say bad. I would say inexperienced. I'm pretty sure I could learn if I wanted to, but I'm lazy. Fair enough, fair enough. I already know about other stuff. Okay, okay, moving on. This week, we're going to do a writing rehash. And uh, it's going to be on magic horses. Because uh, I like horses. And there's a series that does that a lot. Um, oh boy! <laughs> what What is particularly magic about these horses? Or like, what are we... Like, I don't, I don't know what you mean by magic horses. Okay. The series, is, which is actually like... A set of series. There's a there's a universe called Valdemar, uh, written by Mercedes Lackey, uh, with a bunch of like trilogies and stuff within that. Where there, so these are horses that are as smart as people, and can psychically bond to people. So they just pick a partner and then they bond to them, and then those two like they work as a team and then. They go on quests for the good of the kingdom. They can run faster and longer than uh, normal horses. They also like heal better. So like if they get a broken leg, it's not like you're crippled for life type thing. They can talk. Kind of necessary if they're you know a horse. Yeah, uh, they they can talk psychically. They usually do it only with their partners, but they can actually talk to anybody who has psychic, like, telepathy, which a lot of... Is the psychic telepathy a requirement of being a herald, or is being a herald what grants psychic telepathy? Um, so, the... In this world, it's like people have 
some people have uh, psychic powers, and some people have like the genetic potential for psychic powers that like never wakes up. So, and then when it, when you bond with one of these horses, like some people who have like the potential but never like woke up those powers, sometimes they do get open. And but some people already had powers beforehand. But if you don't have the potential for it, like you're not gonna get picked. <laughs> okay, so. I mean, I guess my biggest question is, like, does does this play into the sort of power dynamics of feudalism really comfortably? Because it seems to, where they can just choose people who are already rich and noble, and, like, you know, if they run enough of them through, they'll eventually find a horse that works. Uh, so the way that it works in this story is kind of like the... Horses kind of like know, like they can sense when they're where, like when their partner is of an age to to bond or is it like nearby or whatever, and then they just like wander out and go find them. Um, it's kind of like mystical, not like it's not like oh yeah, this on today is the selection day, and then only the people who attend selection day well i meant i meant more in the sense of like they parade a bunch of like noble families past the horse intentionally to sort of draw the attention that's not how it works in this story because there's like this whole magical thing that they do like they <laughs> the 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 magical horses in in the 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 valdemar story are kind of like this magical gift from the gods that ensures that everybody who bonds to a horse is like a good person and not a sociopath or serial killer or greedy bastard. Well, that sounds like the perfect opportunity to exploit if you're a noble family. Uh, So it like they tend to feature like, um, like the main characters tend to be like some kind of like orphan who uh, just like unexpectedly has a magic horse show up one day and start talking to them and they're like, uh, what? And then they get whisked off to Harold school because they're called Harolds and then they, they, you know, grow up and, you know, have the coming of age type of school story and then they go on. Oh, so they get drafted and then they're allowed to have their coming of age story. And then they have fun quests and, and the excitement and stuff. <laughs> I see, I see. And we're just gonna skip over all of the massively disturbing implications of that. Also, No, it's why not do, that they have no the... choice. Like, if they really don't want to be a herald, they can say no. But then they'll, their horse will be sad, so they, they don't usually do that because they like their magic horsey. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't really what I was pointing about, but you know. Um, the, the real question, I suppose, is like, why do the rich and noble families allow this state of affairs to continue as it is? Uh, because, well, so... The, the origin story of these horses was um, the original king of Valdemar uh, was actually like some kind of like duke or noble f- who was running away from like an evil emperor or something and he brought his people with them and settled in a in like an out of the way place that nobody had claimed and just made his own country. And then he was worried that his descendants would eventually turn it corrupt and into bad rulers, like, like the way that the the king that he or the emperor that he ran away from was, and then like prayed to the gods for some kind of mechanism to prevent this. And then the answer was these magic horses, um, who apparently only bond with good people. Um, and then they made a law that said nobody can inherit the throne unless they've successfully bonded with one of these horses. And therefore, all the kings from then on have been people who are not evil enough so that to prevent a horse from bonding with them. Therefore, they, you know, when, when nobles get greedy and stuff, they, they're pretty responsible about it. Right? This is a whole, like, magical way to ensure that bad people can It's take... a really bad way to do that. 
I mean, just on a fundamental level, it would only work until somebody got really, really mad about it and was able to find enough nobles to support their cause. Yeah, but um, all of the all of the heralds have more, like psychic powers. They're like they've got more powers than the people who don't have horses. So, you know, more powers, but you know, the action economy is uh, painful. Like they have they have people who can see the future and uh, start fires and move things with their mind and talk over long distances. Yeah, but the psychic powers are not linked to the good personiness of whoever we're talking about. So both sides should have those. The only thing that like both sides would not have in this situation is magic horses. No, 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 but bonding to the magic horse makes your power stronger, so they have a lot more of it. Okay. And even then, while the person in charge may not have a magic horse, some of their subordinates almost certainly would. Not because, if they're you know, willing to, to, like, do corrupt things, or for the sake, not to seize power for the sake of seizing power. It's not... It's not... They wouldn't be seizing power for the sake of seizing power. They'd be seizing power for somebody else, likely for some instrumental purpose that may be good or maybe not good, like, according to, like, any sort of quote-unquote objective standard, but according to them, is good. Like, there is no singular definition of good that makes this super easy. Yeah, I mean, it, it's all... I just don't think the, the law is very effective. Well, I mean, like, the horses are not just, you know, the, you know, like, oh, I've chosen you, so you're a good person, and then you go about your life. Like, they are, they are, like, mind-linked, and they, they, um, kind of offer an objective third opinion on things that... Just because they're a horse doesn't mean they're objective. (laughs) Well, I mean, they're not... Yeah, you know, well, like, people who aren't bonded to them and can't talk to them tend to think that they're just horses. So they they get a different perspective on things. And um, (laughs) it's also... it's just a horse. Why is that horse, like, standing around the corner listening in on our conversation? I don't know, it's just a horse. Also, they're, like, pure white um, from Matt. Oh, so literally everybody would know... As soon as they saw them. Yeah, they're very obviously not regular Nobody horses. would think that they're just a horse, is, is what you're telling me. It, even though, quote-unquote, everybody does think they're just a horse, nobody thinks that they're just a horse. No, no, like, most people, no, they can obviously tell that they're, like, a, a, a special magic horse. But, like, people who can't talk to them tend to think that they, like, yeah, sure, they're special, but they're not, like, human-level intelligent. That is the most, like, that is literally an impossible secret to keep. Uh, no, just no like, they're not doing keeping it as a secret. It's just like when, when people don't have objective evidence that, like, in their face that the horse can communicate with humans the way humans can communicate with humans, they kind of dismiss it. Yeah, that is fundamentally not how people work. Well, yeah, it is. No, it's not. It would be nice sometimes if it were, but that's just not how humans work. No, like, even, like, here, like, if you speak English with an accent, people will treat you like you're stupid. Yes. But, um, I mean, not to, not to take it in a, in a religious direction, but people also believe in God even if they're not, you know, what, you, what we might consider objectively stupid. They're just, they believe in a power that like it does not appear to have any direct effect on anything because lots of other people believe in it and how could that many people be wrong okay but that's that's different from it's really not though because in this case you have a bunch of people who are like yeah i can definitely hear the horse and like you can definitely prove that the horse can speak to you yeah but it's just like people like if somebody was mute and somebody else didn't know sign language, they would just tend to start ignoring them. Like, people would do that. It's not like they know... They, if you ask them objectively, they'd be like, yeah, this person understands what I'm saying. But they, they would just start, like, treating them as if they 
have no thoughts because they can't if, communicate. If they were mute and chose not to communicate through other means, like writing or, you know, gesturing in ways that aren't pure sign language. Yeah. And that's not being... That's not the being mute that causes it. It's the intentionally trying to make oneself less of a feature in their mind. That's being stealthy or being sneaky. Which, I mean, if the horses tend to be good at being sneaky, that's a different thing entirely. They tend to do that, too. Like, especially for, like, when they go on diplomatic missions to other countries. Like, they they really try hard to, like, act like regular horses so they can, like, eavesdrop and... And, and <laughs> yeah, acting like a regular horse, wandering about the palace, sneaking in the corridors. Uh, no, but uh, yeah, you know, it's more like stable hands, people meeting over their riding meetings, stuff like that. That seems like the worst possible decision if you're politically trying to maneuver against this country. Like, but you know, in a. There, there's a bunch of magics going on that are there designed to like make people not think too hard about this country. Um, <laughs> okay. Like there's a I bunch mean, of mind magic going on behind the scenes to to make this all work. <laughs> is it objectively stated to exist, or or do you just need to believe that it exists? Oh, it it, it exists. So like, there's the original series. And then, like, there's a bunch of series that, like, go back 5, 000, uh, 500 years when all of this was set up. And then it go, jumps forward to, like, where they're, like, rediscovering all of this stuff. And they're like, oh, that's why. <laughs> so, never mind the, mi- the apparently globe-spanning mind magic that just prevents people from realizing basic facts about reality. It's not. It's not globe spanning. It's just within the territory of Valdemar, the country. <laughs> it's not just within the territory of Valdemar because it appears to have an effect outside the territory. No, no, no. It's um when you cross the border, <laughs> when you leave, <laughs> that's when the magic takes place. <laughs> wow. Thanks. I hate it. There's, there's a lot of stuff that you learn afterwards, and you're like, oh. So this isn't just like, oh, because I said so, fantasy, happy. Like, this is a creepily well-set-up conspiracy to brainwash everyone. You know, I think that that may be the more interesting tack to take here than on the uh, magic horses. Okay, well, we have to put magic horses in the story. We can put a, a, a creepily happy utopian surveillance state as well. <laughs> I would call that a dystopian surveillance state, but I think that may be just the fact that I would mesh poorly with such. But it is done... To make it a happy, a happy country and, like, nobody's being exploited or anything. Yet. Uh, and, yeah, it's, it, it's, a, uh, it's, you it know. It is genuinely just a matter of time. No, 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 don't worry, the horses will prevent it. <laughs> no, they won't. Well, they've been doing it for several centuries and we're just gonna assume they do a good job going onwards. We can assume that they would generally do a good job, but why hasn't anybody, like... You know, my question is, like, why has nobody, like, raised a second group of these horses? Like, remove them from the context of being raised by their horse parents, and essentially raise them to be not good. So you want to kidnap the baby horses? I do... I don't want to, but, like, I think that that's, like, an incredibly obvious first step that somebody who wanted to be corrupt would take. I don't think it's easy to, uh, not get caught kidnapping horses with telepathy. I didn't say it was easy. I just said it was doable. I don't think it's doable. Well, that's where you're wrong. (laughs) How would you stop the baby horse from screaming, Help! I'm being kidnapped! (laughs) Uh, it's not about stopping it from screaming. It's about stopping anybody who would hear from being in range. 
So, like, every single person in the capital who has telepathy? Wait, is it... Are these horses, like, only kept and bred in the capital? Uh, yes. Like, everybody... I mean, that's a subject to normal corruption, but whatever. That, like, they... They all, that's where the, that's where the headquarters for the, the heralds are. So they all, you know, gather there, the horses hanging out, and then, yeah. Oh, and then there's a magic portal where sometimes horses just appear. <laughs> right. That's, that raises so many questions, and we're just gonna skip them. Um. Uh- and the the ones that are like that just appear instead of being born tend to be a bit more magical than the the ones that are born no, the normal way. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's fair. Um first gen first gen spirits that took flesh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. So yeah, I really I really want to go into this like country spanning mind magic instead of the horses thing. Like horses can exist, but how do we want to rebuild our uh, country-spanning mind magic? Because there's this whole thing where it's like, other countries, they don't have nearly the level of development of the, like, the the psychic skills, but they have, like, regular, like, mages um, who just cast, like, spells. And then, so when you think about it, it's like, why hasn't this country been conquered? And then it's like, turns out, like, 500 years ago, um, they... Somebody was like, why hasn't this country been conquered? And then they're like, oh, I know, because I, I'm going to make a giant barrier that makes people just not want to. No, no, this is even worse. <laughs> or even more oh. diabolical. So what happened was, before, Valdemar had just the same number of mages as everybody else. However, the, the, the heralds who were also mages started getting, like, sniped. Like, they were being, like, targeted to be killed during, the, during wars and stuff. So then, like, their numbers of mages was dwindling. So then, like, one of the last remaining mages um, uh, cast a spell where he made a deal with these little, like, these little spirits. They don't have really have any power, but there's, like, a lot of them. And it was like, so if you see a mage who's not a herald, half of you keep watching the mage, and then half of you come report to me or another mage who is a herald, right? And then... Um, that guy died, and then, like, all the mages were gone. So then, what what the spirits do is they, they just keep watching, and then the mages, they just get the feeling that somebody's, like, watching them constantly until they go insane or run out of the country. <laughs> that seems like a, not diabolical, that seems idiotic. <laughs> that is so funny! And, 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 like, unless you do have magic, you can't, you can't, detect these things so everybody else is just wandering like they don't care and why does nobody who left the country and then figures out about these spirits come back and figure out what the hell's going on uh well i mean like well how would you figure out what was going on just just this intolerable feeling of being watched well apparently somebody was able to speak to these spirits before that's because he summoned them (laughs) okay but that that feels like one of the very first things to investigate is like why is this happening spirits can you answer my question uh let's summon them but you can't just summon a spirit and ask what all the other spirits are doing they won't know so you'd have to suspect exactly what's happening it seems obvious and then and these spirits are already contracted so they wouldn't answer <laughs> Okay, and what if somebody's not particularly bothered by the feeling of being constantly watched? So the longer you stay, the more of them start watching you, and the stronger the feeling gets. <laughs> okay, I I didn't say, I didn't say if they weren't bothered by the low intensity feeling. I said what if they weren't bothered. I, I from what I can tell, everybody is bothered. I, I don't. I don't. They have never. They have not introduced a character who's like that's fine. Okay, and more interestingly, is the sort of, um, like human adaptiveness of it, where if they're born into it, then they wouldn't necessarily notice the effect. 
Oh yeah, so like the, the there's a magic going on that tends that so there are no mages who are born in Valdemar anymore. Like the genetic potential is still there, but it just doesn't activate. I I forget exactly what they did to make that happen. Very stupid decisions is is what literally all of this is leading me to. So they have no mages, but they have very very developed psychic powers. Whereas like other in other places, like you you don't get any specific training if you have like telepathy or telekinesis. You kind of just the extent to which you have it is just what you figure out on your own. So, that seems incredibly stupid. So this entire this entire world is dependent on everybody being stupid. Kind of. Okay. I mean, that's not entirely outside the question, but it's it's still like, wow, this is dependent on people being stupid. So first thing is that um, literally every part of this that is like, oh, we should watch mages and like report to me when there are mages. Stupid. Don't do that. <laughs> okay. Second thing, when you see that your mage heralds are dying, the question isn't find more, it's how do we figure out who's doing this? Or stop the wars. It's the enemy that they're at war with, they know it's that, but it's like, well... Okay, so the question isn't find them, it's stop the war, which, given that they appear to have, like, wildly more developed psychic powers than everybody, seems pretty easy. Oh, I mean the they're the war they're always at war against their neighboring country, which is like a like they're full of like religious fanatics that feel like the Valdemar, the country, it just like needs to be conquered. In a lot of ways, it kind of does. Um, <laughs> so so like they can't. So it's always like. They're right for the wrong reasons. <laughs> they get invaded, and then they get beaten back, and then 20 years later they try again, and then, you know, on and on and on and on. <laughs> Welcome to feudalism. Um, new plan. Every time they send an army, make the army forget why they're there. Mm. I don't think they have enough powerful telepaths to do that. Okay. Make the commander forget why they're there. I guess that... I don't know if that would be... I'm, they haven't done one it where... may not. It may not send them back, but if the commander doesn't know why they're there, then they're going to have a really bad time trying to issue commands to the people under them. And funny thing about uh, setups for war is that if you don't have like a good, solid command, then it tends to go really poorly. Like, it doesn't need to be a central command necessarily, but given that we're dealing with feudalism, it almost certainly is. But if the command does not know why they're there, or that they should be helping with something, then frankly, they're not going to be very helpful, and this entire thing is going to fall into chaos, which is extremely easy to deal with. Yeah, like, they, I don't think they've had any character who could just mess with someone's memory like that. Um... Okay. Never mind the fucking country-spanning version of this magic that does exactly that. So, so the thing is, like, the horses have a lot of, like, secret magics that they, like, don't tell anyone about. And they, they don't usually use, except in case of emergency. So, like, a lot of the stuff that is, like, this is a conspiracy is, like, the horses are doing it. Um. <laughs> right. So not the, the the people, yeah. Okay. That is the horses have messed with people's memories, actually. <laughs> I feel like the the fact that the horses can do so doesn't mean that people can't. It just means that they haven't. Uh, maybe. Either way, like I don't. This just seems inherently unstable, and it seems like the answer to. This doesn't work as always, well, we're going to give the horses new magic or new abilities or, or something. Which is just it's sort of a bad idea. Like, you know, the horses are gods that have taken horse form. Why have they taken horse form? Don't worry about it. Why are they even hanging around this country? Don't worry about it. Why do we not have mages here? Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay. So, like... The later series in the books were like all of this like some somewhat comes out again. It's like they they do kind of 
reconcile it a little bit where they're like, please stop treating me like, or treating us like children and, you know, open communication stuff. But you get like, I don't know, 15 books before that where it's like, <laughs> just enjoy the adventure with the magic horses. Why are you... <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm just not the sort of person who is the, uh, you know, enjoy the magic horses type. Yeah, I love magic horses. I also like regular horses. <laughs> I mean, I like the idea of magic horses. It's just that, like, in this particular, like, conspiracy to take over a country, it seems a little bit different. Because that's what this is. The horses have taken over this country 100%. But, but don't, like, near the end, the, the mages come back, like, a, a mage, a, a native mage is born again, and they, all of these secrets come out, and then they, you know, fix some of the things. That Look, this incredibly obvious problem had a very simple solution. <laughs> but, okay, the, the point is, we gotta have magic horses, and we have to have some kind of conspiracy. <laughs> All right, all right. What's our what's our conspiracy? Um, like we have to have a seeming utopia. Um, that that is actually like super dystopia the entire time. But like, welcome to pretty much every utopia in the modern age. But you know, like a well-meaning, a well-meaning dystopia utopia. <laughs> you know. Yeah, no one that just accidentally drives its undesirables nuts and chases them out of the country. Yeah, yeah, like that. <laughs> I feel like this should have factored into your original... That, at least, should have factored into your original calling it of a utopia, and you would have like, wait, it's a dystopia. There's an underclass that is specifically chased out every time. And, like, sure, they have magic powers, but, like... That doesn't really matter when they're going nuts and being chased out of the country. I mean, I wouldn't call them underclass because the the mages who go into Valdemar on purpose are you not not usually they're always up to no good. Like they're powerful people in other countries who are coming here and they're like, oh, oh, I've noticed your country has no mages. That means I can just come and do stuff, and then they. Run away. I mean, that's just the the author deciding that. And also, the fact that, like, unless they have a specific goal, nobody who's a mage is likely to want to be in the place that makes them go crazy. Yeah. It's almost like the very existence of this drives out anybody with good intentions for the society. It's almost like it's creating its own enemies. Eh... Uh. It really is. It's really obviously doing that. I mean, you know, this is this is. It's not like the 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 mages in other countries are like, oh, that place is evil. It's more like that place is creepy. I wouldn't recommend going there. <laughs> yeah. But it's not like, oh, we need to ban. It's a dystopia with good publicity. That's what you've got here. Sure. It's a it's a well it's a well meaning. Surveillance state. That is what I'm going to call it. That also ch chases out mages. Like, don't forget that. That's actually a really important part of, of this whole thing. But, like, calling them an underclass is a little bit, you know, because mages are highly, you know, sought after in other, other countries. And they got power and stuff. Sure. But in this specific place, they're, you know... Not as powerful, and you know, always get chased out and experience a bad time while they're there. And I'm not saying that they're a quote-unquote objective underclass. I'm just saying that they're a relative underclass in the existence of this country. Yes, they are undesirables. <laughs> but you know, that's so many different forms of horrifying that I don't even want to get into it. But they've got places where, uh, they've got a lot of places where they are not undesirables. Which is m more than other undesirables can say. <laughs> I'm just not going to go into that. Because um, the answer there is that has not always been true. Um, and it's so very, very complicated and there's so much historical context that I would need to bring in to actually like discuss this. Um... 
So we're just going to skip it um, and move on. All right. So I don't know. Where do we want to start our, our mind magic? Um, this current one seems to work off of essentially uh, forgetting. What if we did a second one? Then instead of based on forgetting, it was based on like redirection of attention. Um, but where would we redirect people's attention to things? Well, what are we deflecting from? See, that's that's the tricky part. We aren't deflecting from anything in particular. We're just deflecting to. We're deflecting everything to something. Pretty much, like you can, you know. Temper- you can do other things, but, like, you know, it's not where your main focus is ever going to be. I mean, if you want to be creepy, then uh, a magic that just constantly reminds the citizen of what a great place they live in. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. I like that. It just, like, makes you see the the good aspects of... Intrusive thoughts about how good your country is? Yeah. I like it. You know, like, you're just constantly feeling grateful and proud of your country. <laughs> that is so genuinely horrifying. I love it. Wow, that's, that's creepy as... Oh, man. Okay. Let's not swear this episode, because I've had I to mark have. a couple explicit. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I already have. I think I just did it so casually you didn't notice. So go ahead. No, no, no. We have to have more clean episodes. <laughs> oh, so we need so we need to uh, go back and cut out that swear. Are we going to do that or no? No, no. Okay. Well, we should practice. Hmm. <laughs> practice. Okay. Um, and also, you know, we should come up with more creative ways of swearing that are not considered swear words because I enjoy doing that, especially in a fantasy setting. <laughs> I could do that, but at the same time, that seems like a lot of work for, you know, only a moderate amount of gain, so I don't often do so. But it's fun. You do it for the fun. No? Yeah, I suppose. Okay. So, country of intrusive thoughts about how good the country is. Like it? Okay, let's just have the horses radiate this cheerful country pride magic. <laughs> Actually, fun, fun things. It's about the country that they're in, not about the country that they're from. Yeah, it just makes people, wherever they go, think, like... No, 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 no. Like, whenever they're in this specific country, they have these intrusive thoughts. Including if they're from somewhere else and don't particularly like how this country is, like, going. They still get the intrusive thoughts about, man, this country is great. I mean, I don't like this other thing, but man, this country is great. No, no, I, no like, it, it's not that obvious. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I was obviously exaggerating, but... It makes you, like, notice the, the parts of the country that you like more than you would normally. Like, you know, people have this, when, when they weight positive and negative things, like, they weight negative more in general. And it just, like, shifts that balance to be just a slightly positive. It switches from about double the in- incidence of negative to positive to in the favor of positive? Just, like, just slightly. Just, like, 50.01% positive. <laughs> that would be extreme. Not so extreme that people notice they're being manipulated, just enough that they feel like they're being very cheerful. Like, you know when you're having a good day and, like, everything's nice? Like, that kind of mindset. I... those two things are not actually directly related, you know, on a personal scale. So, I I guess I don't know, but I have an idea. Most people, when they've had something good happen, they're like, Yay, life is beautiful. Look at that sky, it's beautiful. Look at these other people, they're beautiful. And you're just like, what? You're you're crazy. But, but, you know, endorphins. Or, I don't know which neurotransmitter does this, actually. Hey, but, you know, I'm... I can I can like things when I'm unhappy. Just, uh, just like here's the thing, right? I like the same things when I'm unhappy as when I'm happy, and like that doesn't shift in in position. Yeah, well, you know, 
crazy, uncontrollable, happy feelings. Um, That's for other people. Happen to, to people, yeah. And and when it does, it it bleeds over from the happy things to to the neutral things. That sounds incredibly uncomfortable. You know, think of it as the happy version as of displaced anger. <laughs> I mean, I can put up with more things that I consider neutral or slightly negative, but, like, that doesn't mean I like them more. Well, they're... No, like, yeah, it it happens. Believe me. All right, I'm gonna have to. It's a real phenomenon. I, I, I definitely believe that it happens. I just don't know what that would be like. It seems pretty weird. It's, it's like, um... Like Pavlovian conditioning, you know, where you make a neutral so thing. <laughs> yeah, it's not from conditioning; it's from being happy. But it's just something that was neutral is now making you salivate. <laughs> huh. I I guess. But instead, it makes you smile. I understand that. I just think it's fucking weird. Um, see, there's there's where I, I did it again. Um. It's really unfortunate. We're gonna have to change our podcast to market just explicit in general. <laughs> it's really disturbing. Um, all right, so we have our we have our make people feel great about the country magic. Um, man, that's that's creepy as heck. Um, I think the biggest issue that it sort of would outright cause is that like. People who are in positions of power wouldn't want to change things, even when they really should. Yeah. It causes inertia, because, like, you don't weight the bad things very high. So you're like, it's fine, we'll just keep going. And then there's going to be some kind of disaster that could have been prevented by, uh, you know. They're probably always happening, and people are just less and less aware of them than they should be. It's like, oh, there's a there's a huge poverty crisis in the northern side of the country. Eh, but you know, this country's great. So, <laughs> I feel like I'm destro- describing the United States, and it's kind of horrifying. <laughs> America, America, greatest country in the world. <laughs> oh no, this turned into a political commentary. Oh no! I I mean, it actually is a really good political commentary, specifically on the United States. But you hide it with magic horses, so that people like <laughs> they they come for the story, and then you sneak in your political agenda. <laughs> yeah, where the belief that the the country is good is so paralyzing that like. <laughs> That, like, good things don't happen entirely because people think that the country is already good. Oh, man. (laughs) I wasn't intending it as a political commentary, but I guess here we are. Well, there you go. (laughs) I mean, if you want it to be more similar, then it should be, like, people who were not born in the country are immune to the horses. (laughs) I mean, they aren't totally immune, though. Like, people who move into the United States often start to adopt that cultural... And it happens extremely quickly, too. So the longer you stay in the country, the more the horses take effect on you. Yeah, exactly. The horses, in this case, being the culture. Yeah, but the horses. Yeah, exactly. We call them the horses. (laughs) The horses. (laughs) Exactly. Okay. And then, you know, the horses think that they're they're doing a good thing because they're promoting the peace. Exactly. And, you know, they also believe that the country is great because while the horses are the ones who are making the effect, they're not immune to the effect. Hmm. But then, we need... So we need... We either need someone from outside the country to come in or someone from inside the country to go out uh, um or somebody from inside the country to be like hey this is like an unnatural amount of good feeling towards this well you wouldn't know that if you've been experiencing 50 50 positive negative thoughts your whole life you would be able to figure it out though 
Because if you're experiencing this 50-50 positive while you're in an extreme, like, depressive or an extreme happy. Okay. Like, you know, based on what you've, what you've explained with that, at least. Like, if you're feeling bad about everything, but you're still about 50-50 on the country, that's really obvious. Okay, so we need somebody to have a tragedy occur to them. Uh, I mean, hey, we got a story. And, uh, you know, maybe they get sent off to go deal with the, the crisis at the same time. There we go. But then they're still like, why? And then they're like, why am I stopping to admire the beauty of these flowers when my immediate family has just died of the plague or other crisis and of flower allergies and uh these people uh have some kind of poisoning from contaminated mine leavings in the river (laughs) and they're like i'm not a shallow person like that and then that leads them to suspect something and uh, go into the old part of the library and start figuring things out. You know, and you slowly parcel out the more and more horrifying discovery of, oh, this is intentional and, like, has been around for, like, hundreds of years and we're just ignoring it for reasons that I'm not 100% sure of? Uh, and, you know, you can have, like the journal of the person who started the magic and their very good intentions that make this whole thing creepier. (laughs) I like it, I like it. Now, do we want to go full dystopian novel told in a fantasy setting or do we just want to, like, allow things to break? Well, I don't want to go full dystopian. I, You know, I think the, the point of this is a well-meaning creepy thing. So, well, I mean, on a on a personal scale, I think the dystopian stories are like useful in that you can, you know, actually be like, "Hey, this thing bad." It's also really really difficult to do literally anything about on your own. Yeah. Like I don't want your your, you know, your YA dystopia where it's like the people who are uh, reinforcing the dystopian structures are evil and don't care who they hurt and the only way to fix things is by overthrowing them type thing. I want there to be more of a, oh, I meant well, but I realized that what I was doing is bad, so I'm going to fix it. It's less of an I meant well, and it's more of like a, I mean, this benefits me, so I've just been like holding the status quo. Yeah, but like... In this story, it should be they did mean well, and when pointed out that it's not ideal, they have the opportunity to fix what they broke. And I mean, going the dystopia route is they have the opportunity to fix what they broke, and then they don't, because why would they? Because the current status quo benefits them. Mm. Yeah, no, I don't, no, I don't want that. Okay. I want people Fair enough. To, to, to fix it and be good people. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, you know, a theoretical possibility. Not a very likely one. But it's theoretically possible. Yeah, I like good... I don't like reading about selfish, weak, the greedy, apathetic, keep the status quo because it benefits me, people. Because that's just regular life, and, you know, I have enough of those. (laughs) I see, I see. Want to write an aspirational dystopia? (laughs) Aspirational dystopia. Okay. Starting a new genre out in this uh in this place. If this is a a metaphor for the U.S., right? I don't want to. I don't want to. You don't want to actually make it a metaphor for the U.S. I want people to wake up from their magic horse spell and fix the thing that they broke. Which is... I would love for that to happen, but, you know, the people in charge being apathetic is kind of necessary. Not necessarily not necessarily the other people who may or may not become aware of this, 
but like the people in charge at least don't actually want to change it. Okay, well, maybe there are a couple of, you know, people who are particularly resistant in the story. But I want the majority of the people to 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 want to well, to want to fix. Well, I mean that is that is where the U.S. is at the moment. You know, the the majority of people want to fix it. It's just that nobody in power does. I don't know. I mean, you got you also got a lot of people who think they're. It's not as much of a majority as I would like, but it is a majority. Sixty percent is a majority. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't want there to be forty percent of the population like that in in this story i would like it to be closer to net 80 20 90 10 yeah yeah like actual majority not like oh that's real real close to so you mean a super majority a super majority i would like the super majority of people to not suck i mean i would like everyone to not suck but let you know I, even my fantasies only go to a certain <laughs> <laughs> i see i see so sad that the most unrealistic part of the story is that they <laughs> realize the error is of their that ways. they get a full supermajority and realize the error of their ways and and fix it like responsible people yeah <laughs> so, uh, truly that that is the aspirational part of this dystopia <laughs> the most outlandish part of the whole fantasy not the magic horses yeah the most outlandish part of it is that they're like oh the country isn't great so we should make it that instead of <laughs> yeah and then uh... oh yeah let's not let's not fix the brainwashing let's just you know make the brainwashing true bam win <laughs> i don't even necessarily disagree that's at least an interesting way to go like if the country is as good as people think it is then you don't need magic to convince you of that right <laughs> Very simple like maybe the horses tone it down to like once a year on on the country day they activate it so everyone can just be like wow and then the rest of the year <laughs> I see I see they rebuild the magic so that it is, so that it doesn't uh, apply as often yeah so then you get periods of clear thinking and then periods of national unity and contentment <laughs> Still horrifying, just different. <laughs> Not as horrifying. And the country isn't quite as bad of a place to live in because n people are no longer brainwashed into making bad decisions. And, and, cause you know, sometimes having a overly negative weighted mindset is not good for you. You know? <laughs> <laughs> just take a break from all that. Have a good day. Have a good day. Today is going to be a good day. We're going to relax a bit. Whether you like it or not. And then tomorrow we can go back to real real problems. You know? Like, the problems won't deteriorate too much just because we took one day off from worrying about them, I think. Okay, so we're telling essentially a dystopian story that, that turns into, like, a political machination and, like, leading the people to, you know have an actual idea of what they want and, like, the change of the magic that probably requires some sort of, like, countrywide vote or something. That would actually be really funny. <laughs> I feel like you just have to convince the horses. <laughs> well, yeah, but the horses themselves, like, would you be able to convince them without convincing, like, a bunch of the people around the horses? I think so. I mean, the horses would have to vote, but you don't want to convince, like, everyone in the country. Well, yeah, obviously. You have to convince enough of the horses to fundamentally change the way that the magic works. Yeah, and then, so, oh my god, so you get into, like, like, uh, parliamentary debates, but amongst <laughs> the horses, because that's funny. <laughs> you spend, like, six or seven chapters in, like, a complete, like, mind realm arguing with horses. Yeah, that that is what I like in my... <laughs> In my seriousness. I, I actually kind of love that. <laughs> is that like... Is that like... Because it's... Like, when you're writing it in the book, it would be kind of hard to remind people every once in a while that, like... And everybody in the room who wasn't me was a horse. Yeah, you know, like, when they're arguing, you, you just add on the agitated scrape of a hoof and the ears <laughs> that are going backwards. <laughs> Stuff like that. <laughs> 
I mean, in a visual medium, this would be like super like surreal to watch. <laughs> like one one human arguing their case in front of like a parliament of horses. It would be great. It would be really great. Yeah. And you know, it's like it, it, it's really hard for the the human to like maintain focus because they're under the concentrated strength of like a hundred horses magic. Like <laughs> yeah. And the horses are the same, too, so, you know, they, again, they're affected by the magic, even if they're the ones casting it. Yeah, but it's like, maybe the horses can kind of temporarily tone it down when they're near each other, otherwise you, you become, like, because even they recognize that if you if you take it to, like, 100% happy thoughts, you just kind of become, like, a... Sp- well, what I was thinking was that it said, is that it's more of, like, a count thing, where it only, like sets the next one to be positive once you've had a negative one or or something like that maybe not so literally direct but like something that like no matter how many times you overlap it it's not going to take it to 100 percent happy thoughts mm, i don't know i i thought it would be like more like the weight of um it changes the threshold to flip it to happy versus flip it to sad i see so the arguments that you have to make have to be on the like Super sad side every time. I mean, that's just like a really complicated like exploration of how you could debate somebody who like fundamentally can't believe that a thing is negative. Oh, that's. I mean, that I would have so much fun with this. Yeah, or you know, you could just have the person repeatedly refer back to the notes that they wrote while not near the horses to remind themselves. <laughs> Probably, yeah. It's necessary. Depending on how crazy you want to go into the psychological aspect, which would be fun slash confusing slash, you know, difficult slash fun. Uh, <laughs> I think how much you like writing that. You can... Yeah, exactly. How much do you like psychology as a writer? Hopefully a lot. I think we do have, like, our, our story here. Our main character is born into this dystopia for some reason, realizes it's dystopia, researches why it's a dystopia, and then starts, uh, you know, actively taking measures to maybe stop it being quite so much of a dystopia. But, you know, you have to start the first chapter setting up the most creepily utopian happy place that you could, and then, and then life crashes. But then they're, they're just strangely positive through it all. You know, I think... Strangely positive about the country and nothing else. I think it would be fun to try and write it in a way where it's very... You get this, like, subconscious, like, creepy feeling the whole time until you realize what's going on. I don't know if yeah. I'd even be good at it, but I think it'd be fun to try. I've, I've done things like that before. It's tough, but it's doable, and it's so much fun when you pull it off. And then afterwards, people will be like, oh, that's what... I see what you did there! And then, you know. I feel like most people, they would not real, realize the real-world parallels uh, after reading the story. I feel like you could make it obvious, but, you know, not everyone necessarily is going to want to do so. Yeah, I mean, obviously you could just say, let's make the country great again, and that would be really, really not subtle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But, or you could just let this idea just simmer, you know, it's just simmer in the sub- sometimes people are pre-contemplative about thinking about things in relation to the real world but you can just plant the seed with a fantasy that doesn't trigger their alarm system and let that exactly. grow <laughs> we're just gonna brainwash people out of conservatism exactly <laughs> that's, you know, that's what good brainwashing is <laughs> I see, I see <laughs> And the cycle starts all over again. <laughs> exactly. Um, anyways. <laughs> I, I do think we have enough, so... Uh, unless you have anything to add, I, I think we can like wrap up. Okay. If you liked this story and write it, email us at listeners at unwrittenimaginings.com and we'll, we'll plug it in a future episode. If you want to complain about... Uh, 
the explanations of, of politics and stuff. It, I mean, it's the same email address, but I'll probably laugh at you. And not plug you. Um. <laughs> well, I mean, unless you, unless you actually wrote it, in which case I might plug you, but, you know, it's going to be like a plug where I'm like, hey, this is what this person wrote. It's kind of going in a different direction that appears to be not backed by reality, but we're just going to ignore that. And we're not actually going to ignore that. I, w- I would bring it up. Okay. Um, if you'd like to be a guest on our show, email us at guests at unwrittenimaginings.com. Uh, yeah. Like um, and subscribe and recommend us. Rate, I think. I don't think there's like a liking system. Okay. Do everything except enter our grand prize draw. Um, yeah, exactly. That's not a real draw so you would have a hard time with that you know if you can figure out how go ahead and do that but if you can't that makes more sense than the alternative okay and uh we'll see you next week see you next week